Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant walls around motor group walls.com and doug sprinthal Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking, so when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle, It is, and it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> so, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. This is Jason Gonzalez theme song. <laughs> Another one bites the dust. Jason, you had a great idea. Apparently, uh, Andy shut it down because he said, if you don't have a food vendor's license, you're selling people 1,200 donuts, you might run in a little trouble <laughs> with the are. state. <laughs> Which I didn't realize. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I should have thought of that, actually. You have, to have a license for You have to have a license to operate a gumball machine. Yeah, that's like when <laughs> kids get yelled at for the lemonade stand. Oh, yeah, that's all the time. stupid. Yeah. Technically, it's illegal, but also it's a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess the worry is their parent might be, you know, contaminating the food or something. Well, I don't know. To be honest with you, I have purchased many a child uh, lemonade stand drink. Mm-hmm. Never even had a sip of one. I go, okay, great, yeah. thanks a lot. Go around the street. Yak. <laughs> Just <laughs> yep. throw it underground. I'm not drinking that. Well, you that. don't like that country time lemonade? Is that what it is? is it's, it's country usually, time. Yeah. It's well, I don't like country, country time. time lemonade that's been like fresh squeezed by a kid who hasn't washed his hands. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, your mother and I were at it, staying at a hotel one time. We got up in the morning and went down uh, to have a little bite to eat uh, here and there. You know what I'm saying? And the woman serving us said, "Would you like some uh, orange juice? It's freshly squoze." 
Squoze. Squoze? That doesn't sound appetizing at all. Where the hell do you get the word squoze from anyway? (laughs) Words are hard. O's. No. Yeah, no, there's. What what part of the country was this? This was in uh, Minnesota. Okay. Or freeze, froze. Well, freeze, froze, squeeze, squoze. Then it would be frozen, so it would be squozen. Squozen. Freshly squozen. Never squozen. Always fresh. Never squoze and always fresh. An enterprising Minnesota college student who drove to Iowa every weekend. He did it every weekend. Jeez. To buy hundreds of Krispy Kreme donuts. And then, and then he, he then sold to his own customers in the Twin Cities area. He's been warned by the confectionery giant to stop. I don't know if I'd call them a confectionery giant because it failed miserably in many states like Minnesota, yeah. Wisconsin, and Colorado. How many locations do they have? Let's see here. Yeah, track it They're down. Huge in Louisiana. They have a thousand yeah. locations, so well, it's still pretty, pretty gigantic. Make five hundred million dollars a year, pretty good. Why didn't something that only has one hundred and ninety calories per serving? Why didn't it succeed in Minnesota? I have no idea. Yeah, like who doesn't like fresh donuts? There was nothing, no joy better <laughs> exactly. than seeing like the sign lit up. It's true. Yep. Watch them come off that little conveyor belt, and then they did come my, off the little my conveyor. My favorite belt. donut is the crawler. Do you know what a cruller is? I'm not a bear so. paw, same thing. No, no, same no. Thing. It's the ones that look like a tire. They have like the ridges. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, they do? Yeah, and they're kind of like the, it's more of like an egg donut. It's like a popover on oh, the inside. Yeah. It's more oh, yeah. No, I've never had it. I didn't know that was called a cruller. Yeah, well, they're called different. In the South, they're called crullers. That's what my grandfather mm. called them. He'd always take me to the donut shop in Greenville, North Carolina, and we'd have donuts, and I'd get a couple orange juice. He'd get his coffee. But, yeah, th- I like those because they're not super dense and sweet no, they're not. and sugary yeah, right, like right. some other donuts are. I can't, I feel sick after I eat a donut. Can yeah, I give you, give you a little, nor- little uh, Northside poor person prescription? Huh? Whenever I... Yeah, it was only a few times. That, well, maybe no, it was more than that, probably. But it, whenever I was feeling sick, mm-hmm. and I felt like I was going to throw up, but I just couldn't throw up. Right. Tootsie's ghetto medicine. Take a donut and dip it in cold coffee. If I took one bite, I'd start vomiting <laughs> <laughs> every time. Why? Who I don't think? know. Some I have no idea why that worked. <laughs> I used to have a coworker. She hated coffee, but the only way she would eat Oreo cookies is if she could dip the Oreo cookie what in coffee. What animal dips an Oreo cookie I in coffee? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. She well, hated coffee, good, but she that's the only way she would eat Oreo cookies. It uh, was weird. Nope. I don't know what it is with dipping stuff in coffee. Wait. That's nasty. Even the thins? Probably. Those Oreo thins are phenomenal. Oh, I know. My you got to go double them. stuffed in, in a nice glass of milk. And the trick is, I'm going to change your life. You take a fork. <laughs> I'm going to change, <laughs> yes, your, I'm gonna change your life. And you stick it into like the cream so the cookie's stuck on the fork. Yeah. And then you put the fork and you dip that in the milk. And then you hold it in there for like 36 seconds. And then it's like the perfect combination of soft and crunchy. Not 35, it's, but 36. No, it's 36. I've counted. I've, I've <laughs> you experienced had a timer. <laughs> You're unbelievable. <laughs> oh, God. 36 seconds. I'll remember that next mm-hmm. time I do double stuffed. And Tom's going to be counting with yeah. his cookies. And you have to milk. get the Cinnamon Buns flavored Oreos. Oh, is that? I've oh, never had Amazing. One. Really? Uh, just like Cinnabon. Really? Yeah. I'm oh, here for the Cinnabon. people this morning. I'm here, I'm here <laughs> for the people. Yes, I can. That's what I thought. You want to make people envious of you? When you go, every airport has a Cinnabon. Mm-hmm. Okay? When you get in the airport, buy a Cinnabon. And then bring it on the plane. As soon as the plane takes off, open it up. You'll hear the whole plane go. 
Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you're sitting there eating your Cinnabon while everyone's getting their little package of pretzels and <laughs> animal crackers. There you have it. An enterprising Minnesota college student who drove to Iowa every weekend to buy hundreds of Krispy Kreme donuts and he then sold to his own customers in the Twin Cities area, been warned by the confectionery giant to stop. They have been uh, no Krispy Kreme stores in Minnesota for 11 years now. Good God, I know that. right. Man. Used to have the big one up there in Maple Grove. Jason Gonzalez, 21, of Champlin, Minnesota, would drive 270 miles to a Krispy Kreme store in Clive, Iowa, pack his car... <laughs> A hundred boxes of donuts. Twelve hundred donuts. How could he possibly be making money after the gas? I mean, he said he was charging 17 to $20 a box. How much That's are correct. they like? I have no idea. Fresh off like the farm. $12 a box, probably something like probably. that? Probably. Somewhere so $500 worth of illicit goods? Yeah, I guess. That's a lot of money. A donut smuggler. Although, yeah, he was a donut smuggler. <laughs> Although some customers spend 100 bucks a box. So right. I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, because, I mean, at that point, it's like, are you going to drive to Iowa yourself and get them? Yeah, right, that's yeah. true. And that was if just like a, a Grubhub You really, really demand. need it. Give him 100 bucks, though, man. Could you imagine that if he got 100 bucks per, he'd make 10 Gs a trip? Jeez. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. <laughs> get everybody to kick in big time, man. Yeah, I suppose. I, it's, you know, so he spends $1,200, right? Yeah. Like I wonder, I wonder how grand. that started. Like, he definitely probably was like a drunk, like, oh, I didn't know there was one down. I'm going to go get what? my own. Came back, now friends see it. and I think you're 100% right about that. It was a drunken trip at one yeah, point. He's like, you know what? Uh, I think Krispy Kreme sounds good. I think tomorrow I'm going to go get some. And then somebody, yeah, your friends see it, and now you have people just one after the another line up for donuts. Although Jason's only 21, so it probably wasn't a drunken thing on his part. Oh, yeah, no, and I'm not saying he drove down there. No, he didn't drive down there. No, it was an idea that no, boomed. It's true. Uh, less than a week after the St. Paul Pioneer Press reported on his money-making scheme, Gonzalez received a phone call from Krispy Kreme's Nebraska office telling him to stop the senior studying accounting at Metropolitan State University in St. Paul said he was told uh, his sales created a liability for the North Carolina-based company. In a statement Sunday night, Krispy Kreme said it's looking into the matter. We appreciate Jason's passion for Krispy Kreme and his entrepreneurial spirit as he pursues his education. The statement read, no word yet on whether that might uh, mean a continuation of his trips. I have a question for you. If you were Krispy Kreme, would you call him or would you just send him a notice that you must stop legally? Why would they call him? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, and if it's and if it's worth his time to drive down there and buy a hundred dollars, come back, and sell, just open up a Krispy Kreme store here. Then maybe yeah, that's for real. Be, like that's all the evidence you need. But yeah, yeah but the people who did own Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Colorado took a bath in those things. And we also don't have Dunkin' either. Do we? <clears throat> we don't have Dunkin' Donuts. We do. I think they just came back. I oh, yeah? think. Yeah, well, Tim Hortons came, and now they're leaving. <laughs> yeah, are they leave? Tim Hortons yeah, leaving? Some of them are... just don't eat donuts like they do down south, yeah. I guess. Or on the coasts. Yeah, a lot of Tim Hortons that just popped up are already closing. Really? Yeah. Oh. I know. It's kind of like yeah. how, what happened with Krispy Kreme. They yeah. came here, they were huge for about a minute, and then they went away. Um Honestly, the only I time I ever really see people with donuts are gas station donuts. Yep. Yeah. From oh, like really? holiday, holiday's got good donuts. Yeah, either like yeah, the holiday or like people love the glam doll, 
donuts oh, yeah. over in Northeast and in Uptown. How do you know about Glam Doll? I told you, I like donuts. The best Jesus, one of my favorite is Bogart's. Bogart's. Yeah, Bogart's Where's donuts. Where's that? Uh, it's over kind of off of like Lake Street, kind of like Lake Calhoun-ish area. Oh, really? Yeah. Proudly owned by oh, the Humphrey Gobart, Bogart ancestors. Bogart's Bogart's. What is it? Bogart's. Donuts. Donuts. Bogart's Donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, don't Bogart that joint, my friend. Is <laughs> yeah, that where it's from? You think that's probably where it's from, don't you think? I don't know, but I think that's their new slogan now. Don't Bogart that donut. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They have free delivery on DoorDash. Who does? Bogarts? Yep. Oh, see? Uh-oh. Um, yeah, question from one of our listeners, Joe in Louisville. How did Krispy Kreme get Jason's phone number in the first place? Yep, somebody snitched. I know. There's something going on here that we don't know about. It. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Wait a minute here. So in any case, yeah, good good luck to the gate. Clear thinking. He knew he he knew he had a market and he took care of it. But now somebody had to mess it up because really nobody had to report him. I mean, why did no. you have to turn him in? This was a victimless crime. Yeah. It was exactly. Wasn't even a, well. I suppose it was a crime. Unless there was food. another bakery nearby. Yeah. That, that was could be. like, hey, oh, the bakery. You're stepping yeah. on my toes, man. Randall's like, we haven't sold as many donuts. Let's look into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're ruining my dozens. <laughs> I got ratted out by Butterball, or what is it, Butterboy? That's what it was, Butterboy. Butterboy. There was, there was a a bakery in North Minneapolis, right on. I believe it was Gerard and Broadway. I think somewhere it was really close. If it wasn't on Gerard and Broadway, it was very very close. But it was Butterboy Bakery. Hmm. And then the, somebody crossed the word boy out, which I thought was Butter baker? Well, they crossed boy out because it was in North Minneapolis. Oh, I so suppose. Get out there and cross out the word boy. Don't call me boy. That was very funny. I had forgotten all about that till just now, which is why I'm laughing so hard. That's very funny. I forgot all about that. The guy looked up and was like, what the heck? <laughs> What's wrong with the boy? A couple, couple of two-by-fours covering up the boy. What's that all <laughs> No. Ah, uh, whatever. Well, I have a movie recommendation since we don't have All right. One. Have you seen Stuber? No, but I heard it's good. It is so funny. We watched it the other night, and we laughed so much. What, what nationality is Batista? Do you know? Batista no is Spanish. No, like we looked at, uh, I thought he was like half Native American, half like Russian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's an odd looking man. And we laughed so hard because my, my stepson, he's like, oh yeah, he, he meant to say Filipino, but it didn't come out. Can you guess what it's, <laughs> it came out of his mouth? Philip Wise. I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to attempt to put this. No, we don't want to mess with that, man. He's standing in the kitchen. He's like, no, he's fallopian. Fallopian? <laughs> he's a tube. No, I guess he's part long. Filipino. Um, but yeah, Who's was, Bautista? The artist? Was, no, he was a, a wrestler. Now he... Oh, I don't know anything about him. Uh, what's his first name? Dave Bautista? Oh, no, he Dave was, Bautista. Yeah, what's sure. his name in Avengers? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was Drax in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which he actually looks oh. normal, more normal green as, guy. as green yep. a green guy than he does an actual human being. Really? <laughs> he's an odd-looking his man. His proportions are off. Yeah, very. He's like, he's... Wasn't he like a? He's a huge dude, isn't he? Yes, he, yeah. he he doesn't look human at all. He's six uh, six and two ninety. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, he's a big fella, but with a very small head. I'm not pissed you off, am I? <laughs> he's got like he's got like the no neck. And, oh man! Yeah, but yeah, it was a really funny movie, Tom. And I was watching. I'm like, I bet Tom would like this movie. Isn't it like Stu and Bernie? That's what Stuber is. 
It, no, it's Stu. His name is Stu, and he's an Uber driver. Oh, that's right, oh, okay. Stuber. That's and right. He, and the reason why Batista's character ha- has to get a, oh, an Uber yeah. is because he had LASIK eye surgery, and he's trying to crack this case because his partner was killed. So he ends up hiring an Uber driver to take him to these places to <laughs> try and crack this case because he's right. a cop. And, of course, the Uber driver gets wrapped into helping them trying to catch these criminals. But, yeah, it was, a right. fun, it was a, one of those kind of dumb, fun... Hour and a half? Yeah, it wasn't that long. I like Three it. minutes, there you go. Yeah. I like it. Works for me. I could go see that. We didn't saw uh, Michael Bryant, and I went and saw Motherless Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Good movie, but it was two and a half hours long. It, could have been, it should have been two hours long. It's too yeah, long. Some of those movies, they just you're sitting there, and you're just like, when is this going to end? The worst one, I think, was was A Star Was Born. I thought that movie lasted five days. It was, <laughs> I'm sitting there, I'm like... I heard you... nothing but bad things about that. Really? The there remake, was, yeah. Yeah, there were some good parts in it, but man, it just... I've never... I felt like I was watching, like, Roots or something, like a miniseries that lasted right. three days. It was... By the time it's over, you walk out and you're just disoriented. And <laughs> you have no idea where you what are. What season is it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, jeez Louise. It's too long. Well, it was 135 minutes, so... What was? The Star is Born. That's all it was? No, Two hours? And... No, it was like 600. <laughs> I swear. 600 hours. <laughs> At least 10 hours long. Um, oh, but I mean like a boring 200 or 135 minutes? Yeah, know. that's yeah, that's a bad tour. It is depressing. So Do yourself a favor and go see Motherless Brooklyn just to see Gugu Mbatha Raw. What? Who? The young woman who stars in The Black Woman. Her name is Gugu Mbatha Raw. You want to see her. That's a very attractive young lady. I'm going to have to Google her. Google, how do we spell it? G-U-G-U. All i got to do is type in Google because she comes right up. And Sansfrey told me the picture they have posted is not a very good picture of her, Mm. which is unfortunate. Hmm. Oh, here. Okay. Did you find her? Oh, she's very beautiful. very pretty, man. Worth going to see the movie just for Gugu. So, I am Gaga for Gugu. You're the second person today that said that. So I was talking about it this morning on the show, and somebody texted me, Gugu Gaga. She looks like a cross between, she kind of looks like Carrie Washington a little bit. Like a cross between yeah, Carrie Washington mm-hmm. and what's the girl's name from um, uh, my next show. wife. That's, she looks like oh, a cross between. Oh, wow. My first wife well, is my first wife. Yeah, Lord. she looks like a cross between Carrie Washington and um, what's the gal from uh, the Cosby show? Um, oh, the young one? The, oh, gosh. I don't remember. The only one the I dreads. know is Tempest Bloodsoe. Because mar- that's the older her name one. is Tempest. No, it was she, wasn't she married funny. to like Lenny Kravitz? Yes, but I can't remember her name. I can see her face, oh but gosh. I can't remember her name. Really pretty, though. Yeah, that's really what she kind of looks like, a cross between those two. We'll take a break. Be right back with the family. Tom Bernard with the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who just so happens to be a very good friend of mine. If you're trying to get me to give you some shots on the golf course next time, it's not going to work, Tom. Well, it was worth a shot. So, from refinancing your home to small business loans or just a new checking account, you are a locally owned community bank. So what does that mean to folks listening, Michael? We take pride in individually crafted and customized solutions for your business with quick response times to all our customers, Tom. If you're tired of talking to pre-recorded voices and the wait times that can be forever, we answer the phone in Roseville, Edina, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. Plus, if it's important for your banker to know who you are, that's us, because we're your neighbor. So you're easy to find in a place people can trust. I learned that from personal experience, you know. 
Next year, I'll give you a couple shots on the front nine. Well, who am I to say no? Why not bank with my family's banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. By now, you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fit me for my very own MyPillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. Made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time. Because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more, by the way. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. We all came down from Montreux. That was a great song. It's a true story, too, by the way. We are back, ladies and gentlemen, with the family. I found myself in the past three days agreeing with Donald Trump on something, President Obama on something, Michelle Obama on something, and Bill Maher on something. What the hell has happened to me? I don't know. That's I a lot of people. Four, <laughs> four they, people I agreed they, with. Yeah, you usually don't agree with. Four different, four completely different subjects too, but they made sense. And I, if you make sense, I would agree with that. Right. I think it means you keep an open mind is what that means. So all I ever do is give, give, give. That's what you're saying. Yeah. You gave me a cookie today. <laughs> That's true. I did give you a cookie. We're off to a good start. When she was speaking at the Obama Foundation Summit in Chicago last week, Michelle Obama lamented that the issue of white flight she grew up with still exists today. She said she can't make people not afraid of black people. It's not the black people they're afraid of. That's what people have to learn. It's the gun violence in the inner cities all across America. That's why what you call white flight with continu- uh, continues still exists today because we have gotten out of the way of violence in our inner cities. That's why no one wants to live there. It's, it's not escaping from black people. It's ex- escaping the violence is the problem in the city. And that's not just black people. It's all the people. Uh, You know, not all the people, literally. Like, Timmy, get out there and shoot someone. (laughs) You know, I don't mean it that way. But every day now, somebody gets shot in in St. Paul, Minneapolis, Bloomington, wherever you are. Somebody gets shot in the Twin Cities every day now. And it didn't used to be like that. I white flighted because of the murder creeping toward my place. Well, there is that. Because I lived in uh, Minneapolis for, uh, like, what, four or five years? Yes, you did. Yeah, and then it, the shootings just got worse and, and worse, worse, and I and was, worse, yeah. I can't live here. I'm going to do that at 1 o'clock. I'm going to white flight at 1 o'clock, get away from Tevin. It's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> You're doing black flight. <laughs> black flight out of here. <laughs> exactly. Get away from Tom <laughs> if I possibly can. Uh, here's the deal. She grew up with, and it still exists, 
Uh, I can't make people not afraid of black people. Adding, I can't explain what's happening in your head, but maybe if I show up every day as a human, a good human, maybe just maybe, that will pick away at the scabs of your discrimination. I have no problem with that comment whatsoever. I think it's a, a very smart comment, and it's a good way to put it. If I do my best to be a good human, maybe it'll have an effect on you. Right? That's good, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's not good enough for the New York Times, of course. Now she's a moron. Okay? Yeah. In the New York Times, black columnist Charles Blow writes, and why do they have to t- say, tell everybody he's a black columnist? I think it matters. Because if do it's you? a white guy that's like trying to like tell, tell her tell how, Obama to, she's talk about how to be yeah. black, how to be black, yeah. like, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. probably true. Charles Blow writes that he has saddened the former first lady, a woman he greatly admires, voiced that sentiment. Why should this brilliant black woman spend even a second of her time considering the mindset of a racist? Because she's a good person. That's why. She'd like to make the world better for everybody. That's why. Not like you, Charles. Uh, She shouldn't. No black person should. No person who suffers the sting of racism should. Well, that's everybody, though, Charles. People of all colors, depending where they are on earth, suffer from racism. Uh, you know, you know what I love. A lot of upper income white people think that black people can't be racist. Oh my gosh! Yeah. That's I was just gonna say. I hate that so much. I got into a fight with uh, a coworker of mine like years and years and years ago because she was like, "Oh, Tevin, like you can't be racist, like because you're black." And I'm like, "No, like that's racist for you telling me that I can't be racist." Exactly. What you think I'm not good enough right. to be racist? You're not good enough to be <laughs> racist. I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you who's a racist and who isn't. Yeah, they got to let that go. I've been hearing that for years now. Black people can't be racist. Yeah, they sure can. Just like every other human being. See, mm-hmm. do they not realize they're in a way marginalizing your humanity by saying something like that? You're not yeah. like normal humans, Tevin. You're you so can't powerless that you can't even hate right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. I find that to be hilarious. I'm just picturing Tevin hating anyone. You don't hate anybody, do you? Ooh, he not does without, have a not without like good reason, I <laughs> oh, guess. Yeah. Like yeah. not just because like oh you're white, like I hate all white people or hate all like. But yeah, like it's ridiculous. If you do something, if you cut me off in traffic, then yeah, whatever race you are behind the wheel, you're one of those mfers. You hear my prickish story? What I did to a guy on a hundred uh, <laughs> yesterday? No, no Saturday. Excuse me. <clears throat> so I'm on Highway 100. And there's a kind of a dump truck next to me, but it's keeping pace with me. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the speed limit in the left lane. Matter of fact, a couple of miles an hour, just two miles an hour over the speed limit. And this truck's staying right with me. This guy comes up on my ass to the point I can't even see his headlights. I mean, he is on my bumper, right? So did I get upset? Did I slam on my brakes? Did I give him the finger? No. I took my foot off the accelerator. And the car just kept slowing and slowing and slowing and so there's nothing he could do about it. And finally he realized, I'm not going to move, I'm not going to slam on my brakes, and I'm not right. going to speed up. You want to go around? Go around. Yeah. That's the way to handle it, like a child. handle <laughs> 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 it like a little child. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> be perfect. He, and he didn't get mad. He didn't honk or give me the finger on the way by. He just realized, yeah, that was kind of... Kind of dink thing to do. Mm-hmm. So we each did a dink thing, and we're good to go. Right. Yeah, yeah. cancel each other out, we, we, and we move on. There's no <laughs> Exactly. No violence no. or anything like that. Okay, so my wish for Michelle Obama is simple, that she never again allow herself to entertain the thought of how she is being perceived by racists and whether or not that is changing any of our their minds. Or as he puts it in his concluding line, why should cavemen be allowed to occupy space in the mind of a superwoman? That's the dumbest thing I have ever heard, Charles. It's starting Charles. to sound a lot like Mein Kampf. 
Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? Why should subhumans be allowed to exist when us <laughs> superior beings exactly. do? Exactly. I mean, mm. how do you not realize how Nazi-like that really is? Well, because they're the good guys. They can't they're the be good wrong. Nazis. They're good. I, I just seriously, she's trying to help. What we need, Steve Charles, is more people coming together, yeah. not keeping them apart. She's trying her best, as is Barack Obama, with his speech about the cancel culture, which I thought was a great speech. I couldn't agree with him more. And now you heard what they're doing to Obama, right? Because he made a speech saying, hey, all this stuff about the cancel culture, you know, trying to destroy someone just because they don't agree with your political views or whatever. Uh, you know what they call him now because he did that? Because he was their big hero, remember, for eight years. I mean, yeah. Barack Obama couldn't do anything wrong, and neither could Michelle Obama. And, oh, my God, everything's wonderful. Oh, my God. But they don't fit in their ideas any longer. So now all of the basically really hateful people on the far left, and I'm sure on the far right, too, refer to him as Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, of course. If you don't agree with me, the reason must be because your views are outdated. Because you're because, old. Not because I'm not perfect. A question I have for, okay, you're, how old are you now, Devin? 27. So 27, Andy, you're still a millennial at 33, right? I'm on the cusp. You're on the cusp. Yeah, that's what I thought. So we have two millennials in the room here. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, you never have enough sure. millennials, I guess. Let me think about it. No, I just lost my train of thought because you said that. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. No, I, I just, do you see any sense in any of this stuff that's going on out there right now? I mean, seriously. These people that are just, okay, I'll break it down and you guys can hate me forever if you want. But, uh, well, you're 27 and Andy, you're 33, so it wouldn't really apply to you because 26 is pretty much the age. Why would I want to listen to someone who's 21 years old talk about policy when your brain's not even fully formed yet? Yeah. yeah. That makes no sense. You, you can't even think to your full capacity yet, and you're going to tell me how I should live my life? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Well, not to mention you have people, they're voting at 18, 19, but they don't yes. have any real stake in anything. No, they don't. The only thing that matters to them is getting more stuff because they don't have enough stuff. They don't have, like... A family to worry about, you know, policy that right. might affect a family, other people. They only care about policy that affects them right now. No, I think that's exactly right. So, yeah, I, I mean, it, that's a valid point, though, don't you think? That wait a minute, you're 19 years old, your brain is seven years yep. away from being fully formed. Why do you even get an opinion about this? You yeah. don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I know yeah. that all my opinions when I was a teenager were bad. So. Oh, pretty much. <laughs> Mine too, Andy. Absolutely. I remember, like, we had, like, a politics class in high school and, like, our senior year. So we're, like, oh, we're, like, voting's coming up. We're going to watch all the news all the all time right, and all yeah. this. And it was, like, like, none of this stuff has anything to do with me. Like, I want to go home and play video games, hang out with my friends and play sports. Like, nothing that is on Things a teenager should do. Like, normal teenage stuff, like, the laws aren't, like, me voting for whoever, they don't care about the, what, 18-year-old kid in Osceola, Wisconsin wants. And, like, what I want has nothing to do with what anything, like, anybody else in America that's a grown adult wanted. You are absolutely right. Uh, But, again, I I would like to make the point that that white flight thing was not based, for some people it probably was based on skin color. But most people, Mm -hmm. the white flight came, what they call white flight, um, came about because of crime right. and poverty. 
because all of these big cities that keep electing these people that say they're going to change everything, and then they just take all the money out and put it somewhere else, and people are destitute because the city didn't do what they promised them they'd do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've been to the projects or, like, the inner city and, right. like, inner city housing, like, the people that live there don't want to live there. It's just a situation. No, exactly. Like, everybody's fighting to get out. It has nothing to do with skin color. It's just, yeah, nobody you know, wants to be around crime and That's exactly and what like it that. is. Yeah, everyone wants to leave, but only some people can afford to leave. Right. That was the issue. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I mean, although... Those places down where the Bryant projects used to be down there on Bryant and 55, well, they're mm. nice, man. Are they? Yeah, have you ever seen? I don't know about the inside of them. <laughs> I mean, I was in one about 800 years ago, but that was the day I was, I was in a friend of mine lived in those projects mm. many, many years ago. <clears throat> so I get my car. It's a, it's a convertible. I put the top down, which for a white guy to do in North Minneapolis apparently is really rare. Because they're all running away. What are you doing? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you, man? Put that back up. But I'm listening to Tower of Power song, Rock Baby. Mm-hmm. Great song. And as the song comes to an end, this guy looks at me, big black guy looks at me and goes, what you know about the rock? <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing. I was like, man, unbelievable. That's all I know. Did you know, by the way, I may have talked about this. I know I've talked about it in the morning show. But our people of color audience is what they like to call it now, people of color. I hate that. I do, too. Yeah. I hate, what's the difference especially, between that and colored people? Right, There's no like, difference. And especially when uh, I saw, like, a tweet or something, and, like, it was a black, a black person, like, referred to themselves as a POC. And I was like, okay, we're done here. A pox on the people. <laughs> as a POC, <laughs> I can say, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> As a POC. <laughs> Well, we're all POCs because this isn't exactly right. white. It's kind of pinky. Right. I was going to say, the last I checked, like, there's still a white crayon in the in the crayon box. So. Yeah, pretty much. And there was a flesh crayon, that which true. was this color. That was that <laughs> color. That was more don't pinky Don't call it that, that anymore. Yeah, I don't no. understand why they ever had a white crayon, honestly. Yeah, we can write I, on white paper. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know either. Color on black did, I think it's, yeah, for, like, colored construction yeah. paper. Uh, Why does it have to be colored construction paper? <laughs> pigmented construction yeah. paper. Pigmented everything got to be paper. racist with you. <laughs> See, this is what could happen, folks. You could have three men, one woman, one of those men is black, and we can laugh and have fun. I know it's really hard to do. Although, yeah. although like when you said, why does it got to be colored paper? Going to Osceola, Wisconsin with all white people, I use that joke. All I the bet time. you do. Oh, like, it was it like deer in headlights or like? Oh, there was there was Miss Oliveri, like brand new teacher, fresh out of college. Like she's there as like a teaching assistant, got a job. Mm-hmm. She's basketball. already scared she's, of everything. She's, yeah, like she's just she's like fresh off the boat, yep. if you will. Yeah. And uh, so she's we're sitting at a JV basketball game, and I'm waiting for that to get done so we can go warm up and play varsity game. And she's sitting behind me with a little kid. And this little girl loses her hair scrunchie. She taps me on the shoulder. She's like, Tevin, uh, have you seen this little girl's hair scrunchie? And just straight face, oh, because I'm black, you think I stole that girl's hair scrunchie? (laughs) And she just like... She just immediately uh, like, oh, no, 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 I, I didn't mean, I don't, I'm just kidding. No, I have not seen the hair oh scrunchie. Oh, my God. Yeah, seeing this, the sheer panic in her face. <laughs> like, I apologize, Miss Oliveri. What I really love is they're experts on what black people need. Yeah. That's what I just love. Never met a black person in my life, but I know exactly what they need. Oh, do you? Okay. They, they want to judge what goes on in the inner city, but they've never been there. No. Like, I mean, in this town, to tell you the truth. 
uh, we should all live together. We're all in this together, and we're all going to be just hanging out together, and we should all be together. I'm going to go out to my house 25 miles west of town now, but when I get back, it's like, why don't you live down here then? I mean, if we all should be in this together, then why aren't you living a lot closer to the city? Uh, and again, if you want to boat on Minnetonka, that's your business. That's what I'm saying. But honest to God, I, uh, I don't know. It's a weird deal to me. The whole thing is really weird to me, but whatever works, right? Yeah, no, I could agree more. Why do you think it is that I get along with everyone? It's just unbelievable. Do you think it's, it's just hard, the give, give, give of my It's person? a hard life you live. <laughs> it, really is, it really is very, very difficult. There's no doubt about it. We will take a break. Be right back. Christy, ready to go? Yes, she is. Christy, I love this name. Christy Bell Camino. Yes. is going to join us right up to this with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with the family. Our special guest letters from a serial killer, the true story of a mother and a journalist fight to save a little girl's life. Christy Bell Camino. How are you doing, Christy? Doing pretty good. How are you? Marvelous, thank you. Uh, pretty fascinating story. Heartbreaking and horrifying letters from a serial killer delves into the thinking of a monstrous murder. I don't want to say much more about it, Christy. I'd, li- I'd rather hear it from you. What a story. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I was a reporter in the San Francisco Bay Area uh, covering the crime beat, and this book is based on, you know, the most horrific uh, story that I ever covered. Um, It was a little girl who who disappeared on the way to the school bus stop, and for a long time people were looking at, like, her, her mother, her biological mother, and her stepfather. And she was still missing when another man, or excuse me, a man was arrested for taking another little girl in the same neighborhood. Um, the girl was physically similar to the missing child, but this little girl escaped and he was arrested. And so immediately everybody thought, well, this guy maybe, you know, took Viana Fairchild, the missing little girl. And so I was working the beat, and so I put in a request at the jail, and he accepted it. So I walked in and said, well, did you take this other little girl who's missing? And that started this long, drawn-out kind of cat-and-mouse game where he said, yeah, I'm not going to give you all the details. I will tell you eventually. 
And over the course of this time, I also became really um, close to the woman who had raised uh, Ziana. Her name was Stephanie Kahalakulu, and, and she had raised her in Hawaii and Colorado until the biological mother wanted her back. This was her aunt. So we became really close, and I, I talked to her one day, and I said, he's telling me that he took Ziana, and he's telling me all these details about it. And she said, yeah, he's been telling me the same thing. So then, um, obviously, our goal was to find out if she was still alive and where she was. And so I'd go visit him in jail pretty much um, every night there were visiting hours, and he would call the newsroom, call collect, and he would write letters um, leading us on, basically, um, saying, I will tell you, here's, here's a little bit of information to keep you coming back. So it was very manipulative on his part, but I also thought it was worth it because every conversation I had, the FBI and the police were listening in. So I thought, if I can get him to say something, you know, that could help them, and we could find this little girl. So... Um, unfortunately, eventually they found her, her skull and that she had already been killed. And, uh, then our goal, or at least my goal became to get him to say something that would get him convicted of that particular crime. Well, that never happened. Um, he did tell me about all kinds of other crimes, all the people he had kidnapped and killed over the years. Um, and I just figured like that there was nothing I, I could do. So I moved on to another beat. My new, my editor said, you're done. You know, go do something else. We'll cover all the <laughs> okay, other crimes in the Bay well, Area. Yeah. And, and then, uh, I had a baby. So I moved to Minnesota. This was, you know, this was in San Francisco. So I moved to Minnesota and I had two little girls and I realized I live in Northeast and I had them in this little safe neighborhood in their little fence backyard. And I realized that I had to listen to them and make sure that they were safe and I call their names if they were playing in the backyard and I realized I had uh, PTSD I was being completely absurd I was being um, a, a terrible mother because I was paranoid I knew what people did to little girls I'd talked to this guy for months on end and so my therapy as a writer is to to journal or to write about it so I had carried this big box full of his his letters and um different notes from my interviews in jail with him. And I thought, well, I'll just write a, a nonfiction book about it. So I sat down and wrote a book that ended up being fiction called Blessed of the Dead. But meanwhile, um, I was still in touch with Stephanie. And Stephanie and I would talk and say, no one really understands but you. Like, we, were, we had this bond, this, you know, crazy bond, because we both had this guy in our head. And so she'd been offered all kinds of book deals, all kinds of uh, TV deals to talk about this, but she didn't trust anyone, but she trusted me. So she said, let's do this together. Let's tell the story, Christy. And I'm just, this is really a book for Stephanie. This is not a book that is for me. This is, it was therapy for me, but it was really therapy for Stephanie. And she said, now that she wrote that book and told that story, now she can get him out of her head and let him go. So, that's it in a nutshell. That's a pretty <laughs> good nutshell, really Christy. It's a lot of it's a lot of information that goes back many years, but but that's where that book stems from. God, it's the whole thing amazes me. I, I've never understood. There was a there was a report of a guy. This is a bit off topic, but it ties in. There was a guy yeah. uh, over over uh, the Halloween holiday that was arrested for putting razor blades in candy bars. And he said it was an accident. They accidentally ended up in the candy bars. The razor blades did. 
hate when that happens. Yeah, sure, but, that happens. But Christy, how? Why would someone want to hurt a child? Do you understand why you'd want to abduct a child? Why you'd want to hurt a child? I don't get it. I know, I know, and that was what, in a way, that's what kept me coming back. Sure, I could not sure. Figure him out. I kept saying, "Well, did something bad happen to you as a kid? Tell me about this." I kept looking for what would compel somebody to do this, and the the answer is, I never could find that. I never, there was never any right. reason that I could put my finger on. I could see that. Now, Chrissy, yeah. I have to ask you an off off the topic, uh, off the subject uh, question, if you don't mind. And oh, this, absolutely. It's by coincidence, actually. But is Bel Camino your birth name? It is. It's my maiden name. Do you know Bel Camino? Bel Camino means beautiful journey. Yeah, beautiful path, beautiful road. Yeah, exactly. Unbelievable. But now, here's the problem, Christy. The only reason I know that is when the car, the El Camino, came out. I know how to speak a little Italian. I'm not fluent in Italian, but I can speak some Italian. In Italian, right. Camino means fireplace. So your name would be Beautiful Fireplace. <laughs> And, Itali- and, and Italians have told me that. They say it's beautiful fireplace. They said, that doesn't sound very cool. I don't, I'm going to stick with the beautiful walk. Hey, it's well, a- hey, in Minnesota, <laughs> if you want to add value to your place, you yeah. put in a Bel Camino. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's a hit every Christmas season. They even have volumes of the fireplace that you can yes, wear, they do. have on DVD. Bel Camino? There you, yeah. The, the Yule Log. The Yule Log. You can watch it on it, PBS. <laughs> Here's another fun yeah. fact. Dave is a what? character in one of her novels. Oh. In one of Christie's oh, novels? Yeah. Yep. You gotta have he Dave. actually plays a really important part. Don't tell him that. No, I'll never hear the end of it. Sorry, you got it big enough. Oh, I'll never right? hear the end of it. It's going to be unbelievable. But back to the subject. But, but yeah, Belcom, you know, beautiful name. Beautiful journey, beautiful path, beautiful road, I think it also means in Spanish. Not beautiful fireplace, though. Yeah. Well, in Italian it does, Christy. And by the way, Jesus is mad at you for stealing his last name. name. What? You have to be a certain age to know what an El Camino is. If I, <laughs> I, my kids don't know what an El Camino is. Okay, well, thanks, son. Okay, Grandpa, the, Tom. It's an awesome car. <laughs> it is an awesome car. It's, it's a car true. truck. <laughs> so now that we've lightened the moment for a second here, we have to get back to this whole situation of what. So, you know, obviously, I don't want to give away the book and how the whole whole story comes along, but. Doesn't that take a lot out of you, Christy, to, to constantly be in contact with lunatics? It, it did, and this was before I had children, and oh, so I yeah. didn't really realize it. I didn't realize it. I was really um, obsessed and very passionate, and I was very obsessed with getting to the bottom of it, hopefully finding this girl alive, and it wasn't. It was post-traumatic stress disorder. It wasn't until after I realized, wow, that really messed me up. That really messed me up. Um, and... It, writing about it has helped. I don't think about the guy anymore. It's very good, rare that I, I think about him, yeah. That is wonderful. Uh, because to have to carry that with you. There have been writers in the past that, that could not get rid of a story. and they, 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 they got drug problems, drinking problems, depression. It really hammers mm-hmm. some people, depending on how, how deeply they got, obviously. Yeah, definitely. Well, I definitely drank a lot at the time. <laughs> to deal so, with it. So you were Italian for a while. That's good. Wait, anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Just kidding. Because of my Italian roots. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. Your your fireplace roots. But in, in any case, uh, 
so now again, remind me again how you got involved with the story in the first place. Okay, so I was I was a crime beat reporter at a newspaper in the Bay Area. In the Bay so Area, it was my it was on my beat. It was on my beat, and I dealt with right. the San Francisco Bay Area has crazy, crazy crimes. Like I had no. another guy suspected of kidnapping a little girl who showed up in front of my house once after threatening me. So, I mean, there's just so much crazy stuff going on if you're a reporter out there. Here, you know, it's it's a little tamer, although St. Paul's been very interesting lately. But it's it's a definite ball game. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I, You know, to tell you the truth, Christy, and I keep going off topic with you here, but it's kind of important. Sure Catherine and I, <laughs> Catherine and I used to love to go to San Francisco. We went almost every year. Andy and Alex, our children, would go with us. We'd go from there and then go up to Napa and hang out for a while. Just had these wonderful trips. And although I will tell lovely. you, the, the very first time Catherine and I traveled to San Francisco with our son Andy, who was on the show, he's now thirty-three, so he was in a mm-hmm. stroller at the time. Catherine and I are walking down the street in San Francisco, pushing a baby stroller. And these two guys came by in a convertible and hollered out, effing breeders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, so basically you could be prejudiced against me. I, I, that, that whole, we used to love to go there, but Christy, I don't think I can go back anymore. I don't think I can see San Francisco like that. Well, it's funny because that happened to my husband and I. I'm going to say it was like 1992. <laughs> really? We moved to Seattle. And we moved to Seattle, and we were walking down the street in Seattle holding hands, and that was the first time I ever heard that. Somebody walked past us and called us breeders. <laughs> and I had never, and I, so yes, we have that common. But, so, Christy. There if, you go, we're all breeders. Well, they wouldn't exist without breeders. <laughs> I right? Right. If your mom no, and dad weren't just, breeders. It was really odd. It was very odd. I thought, okay, yeah, I guess, yes. Yeah, someday, yeah, I'll have yeah. kids. I could probably be a breeder. We'll be a breeder Anyway, someday. whatever. Absolutely. It was it was just stupid, but. <laughs> but, you know, I just really wish that they wouldn't do that to San Francisco. It's such a beautiful area. I mean, it is nuts. You're right. There are a lot of goofy bastards living there, no doubt about it. But the area itself is spectacular. Or was. It is, but it's too, it's too expensive. I mean, that's why yeah. our quality of life here for raising children is yeah. wonderful. I could see Wonderful. That. Do you like yeah. it when it started snowing today, though, however? Oh, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. They were, they were no. giant, giant snowflakes. Yep. Oh, they were giant snowflakes. It's true. I was driving down Highway 100, and it was like that sleet mix, yep, and exactly. it was all of a sudden ugh. the roads just became, like, slippery and just, ugh, gross. Instantly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. People forget how to drive, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do forget how to drive in snow, don't they? What do you mean brakes? I don't know about brakes, really? But, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I do want to read this this descriptor. Heartbreaking and horrifying letters from a serial killer delves into the thinking of a monstrous murderer, but it also reveals this, the brave struggles of the women who face him in order to find justice for his victims. It's a powerfully emotional true account that simply must be read. Claire Booth, author of true crime book, The False Prophet. So that is the good news, because it, it, it talks about, you know... Um, the brave struggles of the women who did it. They got through it. Uh, it, it that's a great... It's always nice to have a payoff because stories well, yeah. this horrible have to have a payoff. Well, a here's way. the payoff. 
Uh, you yeah, know, I don't mind. This isn't a spoiler at all. No, no. Yeah, uh, shortly, shortly after I wrote uh, the book, I got a phone call from the paper in, in the Bay Area, one of my old colleagues. Hey, Christy, um, Curtis Dean Anderson died in prison of natural causes. Can Good. we get a quote from you? He was 46, I think, and he died of natural causes in prison. Ooh. I'm not sure how natural. I'm not sure how natural it was, and I hope it wasn't very natural. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of uh, like, well, you know, yeah, so that was, there's a payoff. Christy, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jeffrey Epstein died of natural causes in prison, mm-hmm. too. Uh, kind of same thing, yeah. Yeah, kind of same thing. thing. Right. Uh, how do you crush your trachea by hanging yourself? That's almost impossible to do, unless you hang your entire body weight. But he didn't. He hung himself from his bed, so he's pretty sure he was murdered. Yeah. Pretty sure he was. But, you know, don't worry about that. Pretty fishy. Pretty fishy. Christy, you're gonna, so you live in St. Paul now. No, I'm I'm still in Northeast. Oh, you're in Northeast Minneapolis. You're in Northeast yeah. Minneapolis. I love that area. I am in Northeast. I do too. It is a I great told my spot. My husband, this is the only place I'll live in Minnesota, because he's from here. And I said that's the only place I want to live. Yeah, Northeast is wonderful. No, absolutely. It is. Ladies and gentlemen, again, the book is called Letters, uh, Letters from a Serial Killer: The True Story of a Mother and a Journalist's Fight to Save a Little Girl's Life. Christy Bell Camino. All right, fireplace, beautiful fireplace, Christy. <laughs> I appreciate you calling in this morning. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for talking to me. It was a pleasure. Our pleasure completely. We'll be back with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, We're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters want to settle cases and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walls around the motor group, walls.com, and Doug Sprinthal. Nissan news. This is exciting, and I'm glad Andy's here. We just got our first shipments at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan of the all-new 2021 Nissan Rogue. Dude, you need to trade. This is a brand-new vehicle. It's got bird's-eye parking. So when you're backing up, you hit the screen, and it's like a spy satellite above oh. the vehicle. It is, And it's got ProPilot. It is cool. Trade your car in. Well, Melissa said she did like this one better than the last one, so maybe she'll like the next one better than this one. All right. Be like Andy and Melissa and check out the Nissan Rogue. It's been a dream of mine to be like Andy ever since he was born. <laughs> So, yeah, check out these vehicles at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville and in Coon Rapids, House of J-Lo and the House of Dan Resch. Tell them Andy sent you. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Not this time. I forgot to plug in the other one. Oh, for Christ. What a disaster. Here we go. I am a disaster. No wonder I get texts at the station saying, oh, yeah, I'm a crabby bastard. Because you have to deal with me. Because they have to deal with you. I know. Yeah, we have that talk and text line there. 
for some reason, the fill-in guy sent me a text was how much the guy hated my guts. <laughs> like, well, it's nice to read on the air. Yeah. So I read it on the air, and I went, you know, basically we both win because you don't have to listen. And now I, I looked at criticism, so I may have learned something from this. Why open yourself up to that? <clears throat> like, I don't like Twitter at all. It's, uh, I don't either. I think I it's, it's the it. hate faucet. And why should any moron have uh, direct contact with Couldn't me? Couldn't agree. I don't get it. Couldn't agree more. Seriously, you're absolutely right. Those people, and, and by the way, they don't have to stand here or just sit here face to face with you and say it to you. Yeah. They just, oh, I, my name is, you know, Bill Burditzman. Yeah, sure it is. <laughs> I'm sure your name is Bill Burditzman. Yeah, I uh, I got off Twitter seven years ago. Oh my God, good a good choice. I did. I I um I've been contemplating that myself. I would. I, it's just not worth it. I've Literally. never been on Twitter, and I never will be. I, that's a wise choice. I um, was on a podcast for comedians uh, called Kill Tony a few weeks ago, and I was talking about the movie The Joker, and yeah, I, right. um, I, I I thought it was a strong film, but I didn't care for it because I of the story. Right there with you. And um, I got this massive backlash because I had given away the ending of the movie. Oh. Well, the movie... Uh, it, okay. I mean, he's the Joker. Spoiler alert! For <laughs> I hate those words, but if you're so sensitive and you don't want to hear the, the ending of the Joker, please go away right now. Um, <laughs> I didn't like the Joker because it's a movie about an open micer who kills a more famous, successful yeah, comedian. That's correct. If you right. boil the film down, that's what it's about. And, you know, why couldn't the Joker have been like a brilliant, great comedian? Right. And... Um, you know, I thought the movie leaned a little too hard on the the mental illness, and I didn't like that. You know, he was he was an open micer, like a um, you know an untalented person. Right. So I got this massive backlash on. I mean, not massive, but you know, uh, a, a handful of hate filled messages and and all this, and like, why so, why do I have to you know? But it's um, a movie. You don't have to like every movie. Why do they care? Well, I mean, why do we have to wait till everybody who every guy who lives in his uh, mom's basement to find the quarters <laughs> under the couch cushions to see the movie? It's, right, right. It had earned twenty two hundred and seventy seven million dollars by then. So, oh, you know, well, how how long does it have to be until we can talk about films or things that are happening in the world? And you and you ask why do we have to like the movie because they want to feel vindicated because they like the movie. Yeah. And if you like the movie, then they feel vindicated. Oh, I just love how people ask for your opinion, you give it, and then they don't like you anymore. I literally, honestly, whenever I say my prayers at, at night, I go, you know, God, whatever Tom Rhodes thinks, just let me think that way. <laughs> so every night We're pray. usually on the same page, so you're, you're, <laughs> your prayers are just, you know. My prayers are being answered, every, baby. One after another, baby. <laughs> one after another, they show I did think... Um, Joaquin Phoenix is a hell of an actor. A brilliant um, performance. He is an amazing And, you know, actor. it was a powerful piece of art because yes, it got such yes. a strong reaction out of me. So, I mean, you know, it was yep. worthy, and I yep. recognize that. But I do agree with you. I didn't care for the movie either. It's First of all, it was way too long. I mean, two hours and 40 minutes or whatever it was. It's like, would you is pick up the pace for God's sake? At least It was at least two and a half hours. Hmm. But his acting, Alec Baldwin was terrific in it. Uh, not Al Baldwin. Uh, uh, Robert was it? Robert De Niro played. What did he play? He played like a Johnny Post. Carson. Yeah, type that's right. Character. Robert De Niro played. That's right. De Niro played the Johnny Carson. That's who I was thinking of. De Niro, who's apparently lost his mind. Is it? No, is he dumped his wife and he dumped this? He's got all of a sudden. De Niro's dumped everybody now. What the hell is that all about? 
I think he goes through periods where he might be a little hard to get along with, you think, just maybe. And I was like, hell of an actor, once again. Mm-hmm. Have you seen The Irishman yet? No, I can't wait. I do want to see it. Yes. Yeah. But again, three and a half hours long. I mean, like a Scorsese movie is like a Quentin Tarantino movie. It's an event, yeah. you know? Yeah. You yeah. feel um, obligated to go see it. But it's going to be on <clears throat> Netflix, so you can watch part of it. Four, four, four 45 minute segments? <laughs> yeah, you can split do it that. up. You what, can have they're going to break it up? No, I am. Oh. <laughs> He'll have his intermissions. I'll have my intermissions. Go on out to the lobby. It'll really be phenomenal. It'll be terrific. Oh, my God. I have always loved movies. One of the things about being a poor kid, going to the movies is a very big deal for me. I think I think uh, cinema is man's highest achievement. I think you're I right. I think I've educated myself watching documentaries and foreign films. No doubt about it. I agree with you. I another uh, prayer answer, uh, Tom. Yeah, see, <laughs> Tom, I'm thinking just like Tom Rose. Thank you, God. Um, no, it, it, it used to be an hour and a half, and you would go and you'd either learn something or you'd be touched by emotion or whatever. And now there's always it's three and a half hours long, and about two and a half hours of that is political messages, which I am so. Uh, yeah, I understand. You know, we can work on a lot of things, but I'm just here to be entertained. I really am. I, mean, I want some popcorn and spill it all over my seat and look like a total douche when I get up and leave because the place is a mess, you know. But although I do love going to the movies with my wife, I don't know if you remember Catherine or not, but she's a very, very, uh, very strong-willed woman. Catherine is. So basically, if I go to the movie with her uh, and somebody starts to talk, she will go shh like that, and then if they don't quiet down. She points to me and then goes to them and goes, shut the fuck up. I'm like, oh, okay, honey, so I'm the cops. No, <laughs> That's there great. He is. That's like, Greg, Catherine. You're the one who's got to fight. Yeah, and I'm the one who has to go over, you know, and said, Laura, thanks, Catherine. Oh, I'll wait here, Tom. I'll, I'll just wait here. I lived with a French woman in San Francisco years ago, uh, Natalie. And uh, we'd go to the movies, and like if someone would sit in front of us, she'd go, she'd go, "Oh no, baby, they're not going to sit in front of us, are they?" <laughs> and then they would get up and leave. It like worked every time. <laughs> oh no, baby, <laughs> no baby. I love that. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> now are you going to be going to the movie with the French woman again? Now that you're a single man. Uh, no, I'm still very good friends with Natalie, and um, and I go to Paris once a year. It's my favorite city. Um, but I, uh, I I met a new uh, woman that I've been oh, dating, and um, I go to the movies with her. Really? No, by the I saw you. the Joker with her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to just, by looking in your eye. I'm trying to go. Wonder which way I should take this, just by the look in your eye. It's <laughs> one of those. There's deals. so many ways to go. No, but it's cool. What I really like is you talk about the fact that you and your wife have divorced, you know, but it was an amicable divorce. And you yeah, we're still so really good friends. Yeah, uh, there was no infidelity, no major crisis. Uh, you know, we just evenly divided the money. She, uh, I still love her. She's like family. And she's actually uh, working for me now. Yeah, you were telling me that. That's uh, great. Which is, it's amazing. It and is amazing. Uh, no one I've ever met who got divorced had a friendly, happy story. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, I still care deeply about the woman. Do you like the, just the simple stuff about this? With Catherine, Catherine and I have been together now, going on 39 <clears throat> years, been married for 33 years. Uh, it's been great, no doubt about it. And I'll tell you, one something happened yesterday. 
which explains why I love my wife. I mean, there are many, many reasons. But the fact that she will laugh about anything. We're, uh, yesterday we're going out to dinner, and it's time to wheel the trash down to the, to the curb for pickup on Friday morning. So as I'm bringing it down, she's about, I don't know, 70 feet behind me. She goes, Tom, wait, wait, wait. I said, what? She goes, there's a little poop bag from the dog. I said, well, just throw it down here. I'll put the lid up and you just throw it down here, right? So she's like 70 feet away and she takes it and whips it. It hits off the, because you know, I got the lid open. It hits the lid and goes right in. Ten minutes of her celebrating the fact that she made this. <laughs> this is why I love that woman. For ten minutes, she's celebrating the fact that she sunk a bag of turds into a trash can. And you supported her those whole ten minutes. It's a quality woman right there. If she can laugh about that, she can laugh about anything. Yeah. It's great to have somebody who laughs. Oh, you know, um, my new girlfriend is is very funny. Uh, laughs, uh, thinks I'm hilarious, and um, everybody does. I mean, oh, well, she must not be a comic though. Uh, no, but she's uh, an uh, she's a comedy aficionado. So mm-hmm. she had <clears throat> she had been to Rome, and uh, we were, I was talking with her about the, the the Vatican museums, and the time I had been to the Sistine Chapel twice, and she said um, she remembered when she had visited the Sistine Chapel. She remembered looking up at the ceiling and thinking. Are you mean you mean to tell me there's 15 more of these? <laughs> <laughs> See now that is quality. That's hilarious. That's quality yeah. right yeah. there. Yeah. I was just going to say in the hood we used to call it the 16th chapel. 16th yeah. chapel. That's the same joke. Yeah. There same it is. joke baby. There yeah. it is. <laughs> Maybe she's from your neighborhood. <laughs> I kind of doubt it. You <laughs> might be. You never know. I knew the one white person in my neighborhood. You didn't say she's white. <laughs> Maybe the comedy writers were just eavesdropping in your neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> the guys at the barbershop reading the paper were making diligent notes. <laughs> A lot Jimmy, of humor happened there, though. Are the black barbershops still in business? Yes. God, I used to love that when I was a kid. And you go in those black barbershops, they'd be everybody was Joe Lewis, man. Y- Joe Lewis would whoop your ass. There's a black barbershop in my neighborhood on Fairfax Avenue. Really? And they've got a, a neon sign, and it says, uh, What would Kanye think? <laughs> I love that. He changed his name. Yeah. So what is it now? His name is not official yet, but he changed his name, and it will be official. His new name is Christian Genius Billionaire Kanye West. <laughs> Wow. It's five names Wow. I should change mine to struggling to pay the rent. Uh, <laughs> pay the rent, Tom Rose, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, oddly enough, my, um, my new girlfriend loves Kanye. And um, she told me he's a genius and that his first five records are genius. So I've got the first three and I've been listening to them. And um, I have to say, the man is a genius. Is he a Christian I'm, and, I and a billionaire, thought, though? Uh, and I, I, I think it's interesting he's doing this Christian revival thing. It's, yeah, it's yeah, very overpriced. Uh, I talked to someone who just went to the show. They had the... Um, oh, she the, was wearing... It was a comedian in L.A., and she was wearing Kanye's concert shirt, and it just said, Jesus is king on the, on the shirt, and mm. she said it cost $170. <laughs> That's why he's king. Oh, my He gets God. a cut. In the concert yeah. shirt? Yeah. Jesus will not be undersold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I squabble when I have to pay 45 bucks Jesus for one. saves up to buy expensive concert <laughs> yeah. Saves up to $170. Okay, dollars. I was your ass. Is he genius because he's getting people to buy that crap? Or what? Yeah, yeah you know. it must be. Crap? That's kind of negative. <laughs> JB. I'm, as you can tell, I'm not a fan. 
No, you never have been a fan of Kanye. And it was long before the the slavery comment. Because I actually understood what the knucklehead was trying to say when he made the comment. What slavery comment? <clears throat> that, that, uh, the oh, the whole that problems for blacks is that they still had the slavery mentality or something like that. Or that, they, that, that. They, they had allowed it to happen right. or something like the that. Blacks and I never, I never liked, I never liked oh. Kanye for, because <laughs> I thought he was such a moron <laughs> in like public statements and things. And that's why I would never give his music a chance. Right. And only because my, my girlfriend loves him so much, I was like, all right, I'll give this a whack. Was your but girlfriend it, 19 or what it was? But not much older. There you go, baby. This was ah. Well, Catherine's nine years young, younger than me, but I'm guessing she might be a little less, or a little more than nine years younger than you. Yeah. Girl. Hey, Dave and I are 14 years apart. It's all 14 right. 14 years. That's it? Yeah. That's it. No, I just, aren't you like 16? No. I wish. God, Tom, I wish I could go back to high Tom, school. Tom, Tom. Guess how many kids she has. Uh, I know because we're friends on Facebook. Oh, that's right. Like four kids, right? No, more than that. Wow. But, well, I have three of my own. Yeah. And but between Dave and I, we have 11 total. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. so they got so, the, the last time I was here two years ago, we became very good friends. And we, See, that's uh, how it should be. He, he we support each other on, on Facebook and I stuff. I love it. And, yeah, yeah, he just said, give Tom my best. So he's busy working. And then we're also going to Galaxy Con. We're going to be Tonight. there all weekend. Yeah, tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Say hello to George Takei. <laughs> George so, is a big fan. Yeah, <coughs> it's fun going to those though. I, is I miss it? it. Yeah, I've never been to one. They're they're fun. It, just to see people walk around their costumes and just how much they have a passion for something. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just kind of fun just to meet people. And those are probably the people that I upset by giving away the end of the joke. <laughs> <Probably. laughs> They're all pissed off at you. I wonder how many jokers go. I'm going to see at this this oh, God, uh, yeah. Galaxy Con. Jokers? The oh, oh, so they all Joaquin doll up? Phoenix Joker, I'm sure. Yes. Oh, so they all, they all yeah, the era of the, Chris, the uh, Heath Ledger Joker has ended, I think. Now it's all going to be the a damn new good one. version of the. Joker. I don't think anybody will beat Heath. That was, no. that, was no. that was unbelievable. And I like the Jack Nicholson Joker. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. That was great. Way way yeah. back, absolutely. That's so sad that he can't work anymore. No, that's terrible. No, he can't. He's, he's got dementia. He's got real dementia. Bit. Yeah. Oh, he really does. Really bad dementia. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. That's not. Good. I'm gonna really miss. Yeah, you him never see him at Laker games anymore. No, no, he didn't come out at all anymore. I guess. Oh. And every year, that drool bucket's too hard to carry around. Exactly. <laughs> I would watch the first five minutes of the of the Academy Awards just because he would come out and go. To all you women out there, you're never going to get Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Every year he'd make an announcement how you were never going to get him. Yeah. It was wonderful. Well, he was such a good actor, and he oh, could do God, anything romantic comedies. My uh, girlfriend lives in Portland, and I was there a few weeks ago. And, uh, Maine we took or Oregon? A, we, uh, Oregon. And Oregon. we took a trip down to... Um, Salem, and we went to the. It's the Mental Health Museum, oh. and it's it's where they filmed One Flew Over the Cuckoo's yeah, Nest. Yeah, which I mean, it's eerie to be there, and I and, bet. and Oregon <laughs> had a really terrible uh, system. But um, yeah, you, I couldn't wait to get out of there. Richard Liberty. But they sell his little the beanie hat that he wore yeah. in the film. Yeah. They're selling it at the. And really? the gift shop, and it's at Oregon Mental Health Museum on the on the beanie hat. You know, I'm gonna have to get out there. I'm gonna have to get out there. Get one. You ever been in a mental institution? I mean, not as a patient, but ever visited anyone? No. 
it's not comfortable. Mm. I will tell you, because my father was institutionalized when I was a kid. Mm. Going in, watching people talk to no one's really hard. Because mm. mm-hmm. when you're a little kid, you go, who's he talking to? He's just an actor rehearsing his lines. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably what it was. Ooh, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Tom Rose in studio tonight, tomorrow night at Acme. Tom Bernard with the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski, who just so happens to be a very good friend of mine. If you're trying to get me to give you some shots on the golf course next time, it's not going to work, Tom. Well, it was worth a shot. So, from refinancing your home to small business loans or just a new checking account, you are a locally owned community bank. So what does that mean to folks listening, Michael? We take pride in individually crafted and customized solutions for your business with quick response times to all our customers, Tom. If you're tired of talking to pre-recorded voices and the wait times that can be forever, we answer the phone in Roseville, Edina, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. Plus, if it's important for your banker to know who you are, that's us, because we're your neighbor. So you're easy to find in a place people can trust. I learned that from personal experience, you know. Next year, I'll give you a couple shots on the front nine. Well, who am I to say no? Why not bank with my family's banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. By now, you've all heard me talk about MyPillow and how it's literally changed my life. My friend Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow, fit me for my very own MyPillow, and I haven't stopped raving about them since. They won't go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want, and they maintain their shape. Made in the USA. If you don't have a MyPillow or know someone who doesn't, now is the time. Because for a limited time, Mike is offering his premium MyPillows, yes, the one that started it all, for his lowest price ever. You can get a queen-size premium MyPillow for $29.98, regularly $69.98. That's a $40 savings. Kings are only $5 more, by the way. Folks, now is the time to buy. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, but they are the best Christmas gifts ever. $29.98 for a queen-size premium MyPillow. Buy now, and Mike will extend his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code TOM. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. All right. Such happy music for the topic. It's a good topic. It's the weekend. Academite. You gotta have the little ELO on a Friday. The Academite Awards. That <laughs> is a fun. That's word. a very Beatlesy kind of song. It absolutely. That's very Beatlesy. For uh, ELO. Is he, did he already come to town? Yeah, they came. To they town already did. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. September. Okay. Yeah. He's a hell of a talent. Yeah, I love the No doubt. No. Jeff Lynn is a damn damn good. Uh, is it know. still called Electric Light Orchestra or just. I think it's just ELO now. Or ELO. <clears throat> or I think I'm not I sure. I guess it depends on how much space they have to print. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, I suppose that's true. The ELO experience. Yes. What's oh, the experience means none of the original band members are in it. <laughs> Whenever it's an experience, it's not real. Exactly. That's how I felt when I saw Journey. Jimi Hendrix experience. That was the only experience that was ever real. That was it. <laughs> One of the great talents of all time. Speaking of Amen, the Oregon brother. area, he's from Oregon originally, right? Uh, Seattle. Seattle. <clears throat> Seattle. He's buried in Renton, Washington. I've been to yeah, his, right. his grave twice, and I have, really? um, I have a uh, first time I went there in the nineties. I I did a grave rubbing, and I. Have it framed in my apartment. Really? Yeah. That's what I see. I'm as big a fan. I'm uh, Jimmy's. My, and when I was in London, 
in June, there's uh, the Jimi Hendrix apartment. And they actually only oh, lived died. there for a year. Yeah. But it's interesting. Because it's, it's called the Handel Hendrix house because the composer Handel lived in the two floors beneath him. Really? And that's where he composed the Messiah. And so Hendrix was obsessed with that, oh, that energy. Yeah. And he used to play Handel's Messiah a lot in his apartment. And it was really interesting. It was like, a, you know, so you go to the Handel apartments first, and it's set up like, you know, whatever, you know, 17th century, 18th century uh, when he lived there. And then you go to the third floor, which was Hendrix's apartment, and it's a little hippie pad with right, a, a right. mattress on the floor. And, and he had um, <clears throat> tons of uh, sci-fi um, books. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Big in the sci-fi. Yeah, huge. You know what locked me in forever with him? Because what happened was when I was 15 years old, the album came out 67, right? Are You Experience came out, I believe, in 1967. Uh, And a friend of mine got it for Christmas, hated it, so I bought it for 50 cents. Wow. Which was a great buy for me. (laughs) But what locked me in forever with Jimmy Hendrix, the great guitar work, obviously, great songs like Purple Haze and, you know, wonderful but uh, was it Third Stone from the Sun? Or I believe in the middle of the song, he just says, and you'll never hear surf music again. <laughs> I will never. Because I'm growing up in the inner city, right? Yeah. And I love the Beach Boys. You know, they were on, I worked at Capitol Records. They were on Capitol. Nicest people in the world. The, Brian Wilson is this sweet, really damaged man. It's just kind of sad, actually. Mm. His dad beat him into mental illness. There's no doubt about that. The nicest people in the world, but I'm sitting in, 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 you know, ghetto central Minneapolis, and I hear about how, you know, I have to be true to my school, and in my room, well, I didn't have a room, and I was driving my car, well, I didn't have a car, so I didn't have a whole lot in common with the Beach Boys, right? So here comes this black guy playing an upside-down guitar, which people don't realize that he actually did. He had a, fe- a Fender Stratocaster which was for a right-handed player, he flipped it upside down because it was the only guitar he had. So, he, And I think he played that thing for the rest of his career. You know, uh, Jimi Hendrix's first guitar was from Sears. That makes sense. His father bought him a guitar from Sears when he was a kid. I love, uh, I think it's the song Up From The Skies where Jimmy says, uh, I just want to talk to you. I won't do you no harm. I just want to know about your different lives on this here people farm. <laughs> I, just, I just love that he refers to the earth as the people farm. The people farm. Yeah. Well, that's a good reference. No doubt about that. So was his guitar a Kenmore? Was it a Kenmore <laughs> guitar? That was the, that was the series model, <laughs> wasn't it? Frigidaire. It was a Frigidaire guitar. <laughs> Yeah, that whole deal. You see pictures of Jimmy out there with uh, Little Richard at the beginning of his career, the Isley Brothers. He played with everybody. There's a story I heard where, um, like, Jimmy had a really good friend from Sweden, and he was spending a lot of time in Sweden, and um, the friend had taken Jimmy to visit his grandmother, who lived way out in, like, rural Sweden somewhere, and it was freezing. And they got there, and she had a fire going in the fireplace. And that's where he wrote the song, Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire. I have only one burning desire. Let me stand next to your fire. Which you think is a sexual song, but Jimmy was cold and just wanted to get next to Grandma's fire. (laughs) See, isn't that great, though? See, I'm I'm filled with little knowledge nuggets. There's nothing wrong with that. Tell me about Norwegian Wood by the Beatles. I still love that. I'll tell you about Norway. I just, uh, there's a lot of... um, 
uh, Norwegian people live here, uh, yeah, de- they do. descendants. Um, yep. So Sweden was always the country with money, and Norway and Finland were like completely broke. Right. And now Norway has a ton of oil wealth. Because and, of America. Um, you know, it's interesting, like, uh, Norway is always number one in uh, happiness, and Finland's always number two. And sometimes Finland will work hard, and then they'll be the number one happiest right, country in the world. Right. But Sweden is consistently the third happiest country in the world. So I, it, it was sometime in the, in the late 70s, uh, Norway did not realize how much oil wealth that they had. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they made an offer to Sweden for, I think it was 40% of Volvo to cut them in on uh, the Norwegian oil profits. Really? And uh, Sweden said no, and then it turned out that that would have resulted in like $75 billion over the time, Mm -hmm. and then like 10 years ago, uh, Volvo was sold for $10 billion. So maybe Sweden would be happier if they were better at making deals. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because they also Sweden also invented the three point seat belt, but they didn't patent it because they wanted it to do. They knew it would do good for the world and save lives. So they could have made a fortune off of just that three point right. seat belt. But here's the thing about Norway: Norway has a lot of oil wealth, and Norwegian people are racist against Swedish people. Yes, they are absolutely. In, they are. When I was in uh, in 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 Norway. I, I was there last year, and um, I'll tell you about my new album um, where I recorded from there. But I've been to Oslo twice, and then I went to Bergen last year. But I heard three different people in Norway when I was there last year tell me Swedish people are our Mexicans. They sneak across the border. They sneak across the border, and they take our good jobs. I couldn't believe it. Phenomenal. But that's what they say. They say that's that, uh, and, and Norwegian people, uh, someone told me that... Uh, Polish people go to Germany to work. German people go to Sweden to work. Swedish people come to Norway to work. And Norwegians go skiing. <laughs> they got all that oil money. That's what, yeah. Oh, By the way, hilarious. The United- but I, they have a lot of resentments in Norway against Swedish people. Like, Ikea comes from Sweden, and a right. lot of the item names in Ikea are actually place names in Norway. Yeah. And people wow. in Norway are pissed off about it, man. <laughs> I met a woman from Wooden Salad Bowl. <laughs> she was so angry. <laughs> Always will be. Another man from uh, rubber toothbrush holder. Sure. sure. Yeah, people don't know the United States of America gave the money to Norway to drill for oil. Really? Yeah, absolutely. They got that money from the United States of America. Well, what's really great there is they have the uh, the Norwegian uh, sovereign oil fund where yeah. every citizen is is uh, you know cut into the deal. So they're you know. They, they're covered. We don't have for life. that. No. Covered for life. I wonder what that feels like. Hmm. I don't know. Speaking of being uncovered for life, did you see what Las, Las Vegas just did? No. Yesterday, Las Vegas ru- ruled against homelessness in the city of Las Vegas. You wow. cannot <clears throat> sleep on the sidewalk. You cannot huh. pitch a tent anywhere. Well, it's pretty brutal. <clears throat> I, I, I've been going to Vegas a lot and uh, the last few years because all these great comedy clubs have opened there. And, you yeah. know, all those yep. walkways over the Sunset Strip, yep. it's like it's a poverty gauntlet it walking is, across yeah. them. It is. It's disgusting. they got to do something about this. Well, I mean, this is the city that basically <clears throat> exists to exploit people's addictions. So, I mean... <laughs> That's pretty much and true. And they get upset that people are getting ruined there. I mean... 
But you know, you can look if your number one source of income, otherwise, well, other than get well, it had it would include gambling. It's gambling, it's alcohol, it's drugs, but it's tourism. Mm-hmm. All well, of that is sold to tourists. So yeah. I mean, you can't have people sleeping in a tent on the street. Yeah. And the problem I have with that, of course, is that if people who need help to get off the street should get the help, but they don't, and I don't understand why that's true. They always say they want to help all the help the homeless and help the home, and but they never do it. I don't understand that. I just don't get it. If you're going to help them, why don't we? Well, you got the money, right? Uh, I, I look at my, I, you know, because of my age now, I'm on Medicare. Do you know that I've been paying the Medicare for 52 years, and I, my Medicare premium is more than private insurance. How's that? About? What did you do with 52 years of my money that I don't get any of it back? You know, where was the promise that? You know, that you were going to do this, that you were going to jack up the price so much that if I were on private insurance, it would be cheaper. What what kind of governance is that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why? Explain it to me. <laughs> Sons of bitches. I, <laughs> I, I, I get so pissed off about the, how they just take our money. And, and I'm not talking about Democrats, Republicans. It's all of them. They yeah. all just take our money and do whatever the hell they want with it. Yeah. It's disgusting. I just, I don't know, whatever. And then they'll say, we need more. That's what the, we need to increase our revenue. I was told by an economics professor just about two weeks ago, he said that if we don't do something with the way we spend money in this country, that everybody's state tax will double in 10 years. Now, for Minnesotans, that would mean 20% income tax. (laughs) That's rather high when you're already paying. What what is the top rate now federally, like 36 Something like that. Something like that. I think it's something like a 36 So basically, after all said and done with the city taxes, is county taxes, state taxes, federal taxes, uh, Social Security, you know, FICA, all the rest of that stuff, it's, it's going to be up to around 70% again if they don't do something about this. Right? Hmm. All right, I'm moving on now. You smart ass. I don't know. You got to look at you got a I just ass. got health insurance a couple years ago. I've never had it. So No, you've never had it. No, only... Um, my wife made me get it because she Wait was European and they believed in that kind of stuff. You didn't have insurance when you got in a bike accident? Uh, what, two years ago I did, but I was in Vietnam. Oh, I thought you had a bike accident in, in, in Holland or Amsterdam. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a bicycle. The yeah. Bicycle accident, uh, yeah. No, I didn't. No. How the hell? Didn't you get really hurt? I'm no, I ripped up my face. You know, <laughs> my no, face I got all skinny. But I, 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 had a, I had a motorcycle accident in um, in Vietnam? Vietnam last year. Oh God! Forty-five miles north of Hanoi. I've been terrified of motorcycles my whole life. Yeah. Uh, and the guy who runs the gigs in Hanoi, it's cool. The gig is is, is it, it's on a rooftop bar overlooking the lake that John McCain landed in okay. the height of the war right and uh that was the worst day of john mccain's life and now you can ride a swan paddle boat on that <laughs> boat. uh it's true so um i was 45 miles north and then uh the guy who uh who does the tour motor he does motorcycle tours of of the north of vietnam um he got behind me and started filming like 30 seconds before i crashed and I put it on Instagram, if you scroll back far enough. Really? Um, but, yeah, not, and I had a helmet on, and I just skinned up my elbow, fortunately. But, um, yeah. I but didn't. you hit a bump in the road or something? There was uh, a lot of dirt at the edge. I was going up a, oh, yeah. uh, a mountain yeah. road. So you got the 
tire went too deep and just turned the just wheel. Just spun out from under me. Yeah. But it's cool that I got it on film. Yeah, yeah. I suppose it would be. I you know, in Vietnam, the currency is called the dong, D-O-N-G. <laughs> I know it's kind of immature, but... Try and keep a straight face when you're in a shop and you ask somebody, how many dong you want for that? <laughs> hey, man, I heard Times are tight, son. You really got to stretch that dong. <laughs> what do you think? Dong grows on trees. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Uh, Just thinking about all the ways you could take that. <laughs> you know, hey, I heard on your job you make big dong. Did you hear about? <clears throat> did you hear about my? Uh, I, mean, I think you're making big dong. Um, I am a big dong. How about that? I'm a medium brain. dong. <laughs> I'm proud of it. Uh, I don't know if you heard about my brand new album. It's called Around the World, and uh, it came out earlier this year. It took me two years to record it. It's uh, I recorded it in 24 cities around the world. It starts in Paris, ends in Jerusalem, and it's all mostly jokes and stories. <clears throat> excuse me about each place and it's i've been doing the international circuits for 20 years and it's basically the the fruit of me doing the international circuits for 20 years so um it's the best thing i've ever done it's three hours long it's 40 tracks 24 cities around the world i got two mongolia tracks yeah you were telling beijing that. shanghai uh and i made it past the first round of grammy voting for best comedy album of the year and I believe the nominations go out this Sunday. So oh, it's this Sunday. It's I'm chewing my days. nails and bouncing my knee a lot. And no, nobody can like, like vote on a website <clears throat> in your favor. I don't know if anybody. I think you have to be on the Grammy voting committee. Oh, uh, I got a guy. Uh, there's a fan of mine who submitted it and wrote um, up a very nice, um, whatever nomination letter. That's that's gonna. I mean, that's pretty damn impressive, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it took me, I was obsessed with making it for two years. I mean, that and my Delta Diamond uh, status. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. And it kind of, the album kind of cost me my marriage, but, you know. Other than that. It was worth it. But uh, no I, one's ever done anything like it. So. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been, fo- you know, I follow you on Facebook now, and <clears> I see all the pictures of you're in Paris and you're in Mongolia or you're, you know, you're all over the place. And that's- Did you see I took my mother to Jerusalem yes. in December? <laughs> oh, we'll take a break and come back and okay. hear about Mom in Jerusalem with Tom yeah. Rhodes. Acme tonight and tomorrow night, 8 and 10 30. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. Uh oh! <laughs> a little salute to Jimmy. Jimmy. <coughs> Sweet little heartbreaker. Foxy. 
And I love the very end of the song when he just goes, I won't do you no harm. What a great, great performer. I don't, I can't, are you experienced or electric lady, Lan? Do you have one you favor? That's a tough call. Uh, you know what? The the BBC <laughs> Sessions is my favorite oh, yeah, Jimmy yeah, album. Yeah, it's yeah. so great. Even it does is. a little jingle for Radio One. It's, <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah, he was amazing. I got everything, Jimmy. I mean, I <laughs> Me I even too. got that live box set that came out like twenty years ago. I mean, and I bought all those reissued things. I mean, you know, Jimmy. It's like Prince. It's the same thing. Is like uh, they could put out fart noises, and I would buy it. I'm like that <laughs> right. big of a fan. You know why I absolutely fell in love with that guy is at, at uh, Woodstock. He comes out on stage and he says, you can leave if you want to. We just jam and that's all. I mean, when you have that opinion, you're my kind of guy. It's like, you know, just because I'm here, it doesn't mean you have to stay and watch me. It you started know? raining. Everybody left Jimmy in the cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah they did. And I, I would have a daughter that. and name her Jimmy. I think that'd be a great girl's name. J-I-M-I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After Jimmy. After Jimmy. Jimi Hendrix. And I did love the fact that John Lee Hooker pronounced his name Jimi Hendriga. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I don't see the G-A at the end, but if it's there for you. I love John Lee Hooker. I was, oh, lo- <clears throat> I was lucky movie. enough to have seen John Lee Hooker in concert four times. I've got 32 of his albums, and from what I could understand... He was having some trouble with his weight. <laughs> it seemed over 32 albums. Every album I'd buy it, hoping something good was going to happen to that guy. But just... House Rent Boogie, man. <laughs> I love House Rent Boogie so much, it's unbelievable. I say, like, hey, Johnny. My wife, she acted a little funny. I say, like, yeah, we're well, everybody funny. You funny, too. <laughs> I love that about <laughs> him. The great. You were talking. Okay, you were talking. I love about- he says, uh, I heard, last night I heard Mama and Papa talking. Mama said, the man has got. The boogie in him, and it's got to come out. Well, it's from Boogie Chill. It's got to come out. It's got to come out. I love it the way he says it. <laughs> and it got to come out. He is wonderful. What were we talking about when we went to break? You I took my eighty-year-old Jesus freak mother <clears throat> to Jerusalem. <laughs> if is. I wasn't the favorite child before, I think I got it locked up. You're in. Yeah. How, yeah, how many brothers, sisters? Yeah. I have two older brothers, and my younger sister died of breast cancer. So that, that, that was just a short time ago, right? 2011. 2011. Yeah. Jeez, that's terrible. That was tough. Yeah, I, oh, God, I imagine. Younger than you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's got to be really tough. Yeah, and I was close, closest with my sister. So. Yeah, I can understand that. I mean, even after all this time, it's just, you tell by the look in your eye when you mention her name. It's yeah. still there, man. Yeah, it is. And my father died 10 years ago this week. Like, Jesus. Yeah, so. How old was he? 73. That's it? Yeah, killed by a drunk driver. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Killed by a drunk driver. Was he walking or driving? Driving. He was driving? Mm. Guy's broadsided him or something? Uh, I hit him in uh, his minivan from behind and then his minivan flipped oh, a bunch of times yeah. and ended up in a ditch. He was in a hospital for a couple months before he died. Oh, you watched for two months? Uh, three. Did they think he was going to make it at first? Uh, yeah, it was touch and go. And then you never really know. He got, yeah. he got pneumonia and oh, that was his constitution deal. was weak. I had a friend man talk about that whole situation. He, he and his dad went, I don't know, they went up north fishing or something. He's on his way home and they're all happy. They caught a bunch of fish and drive along. And Oh, man, there's a, traffic's backed up for miles. And then they go along a couple miles later. Realize it's backed up because of a car accident. So they go past the car accident. He looks over, and it's his sister. Oh, no. Ugh. He looks over, and there's his dead sister laying there in the street. Oh, and they no. go, oh, God. 
That's got to be tough to put up with. It, mm. it had quite an effect on him. I do remember that song. Sorry for your loss. All these years later, it doesn't matter. It's still My mother's been dead for 11 years, and I still hate it. Yeah, you never get over that kind of thing. There's just never. degrees of better. <clears throat> it's true. It's true, no doubt. You were just talking about something you were doing. You had talked about your album, and you had moved on to something else. Before uh, Jerusalem. I took my mother to Israel. I did a tour of Israel um, in December, and you, you have to be squeaky clean <clears throat> to do this tour and do all these theaters, which I did, and it was great. And um, I flew over a week early uh, and took my mother to Jerusalem. And that was the thrill of her lifetime. And um, then my marriage was falling apart. You know, it was ending. And we, then the tour started and we were in Tel Aviv. And my mother and I were walking along the Mediterranean. Uh, and when I was 16 years old, my high school sweetheart dumped me. And I was completely heartbroken. And my mother and I had to walk around Lake Charm in Oviedo, Florida, hundreds of times before I even started to feel a little bit better. Now, here I was 35 years later reliving the same moment with my mother walking along the Mediterranean in Tel Aviv. And I realized at that moment that I think... My mother is the love of my life. <laughs> there you go. There you go. It works. <clears throat> yeah. In Tel Aviv, uh, where we stayed uh, at this hotel on the beach, they said that fruit bats came out at night, which was really tricky for me because every night before I go to bed, I like to put strawberry jelly in my hair and take a walk. See? <laughs> Not that trip. You know the... Uh, <laughs> just, is that, the, the, is that the, your sidelong glance? You <laughs> well, the joke killed in Israel. Hey, it's a great joke. It was a good joke. Uh, the, the bus station... Oh, I'll forget this joke. No, I want to hear your joke. Where are you going, <clears throat> Andrew? Getting the battery for the camera. Okay, don't lock us in. <laughs> uh, the cave where they put Jesus's body after he was oh, crucified yeah, yep, when yep. he came back from the dead and he rolls the rock away and he comes out of the cave um, that cave is right next to the Jerusalem bus station what? <laughs> yes. is Lazarus there? so I could see you know Jesus rolling the rock away and coming out of the cave going did I miss the 3 o'clock to Haifa? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Anytime you can use Haifa in a joke. Yeah, I, that's right. <laughs> Anytime good. you use Haifa, you're good to go. <laughs> is that true? It's right next to a bus station. It is right next to the bus station. That's hilarious. That's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so nothing sacred here. They just no. It's just such a tiny place. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, okay. You know, uh, and apparently the Skull Hill is right there where the uh, they believe that's where the Trinity crucifixes were. Oh, really? The crosses the Skull Hill. Yeah. So your mother, what kind of Christian is your mother? Um, strong. I mean, is she Catholic, Protestant? Started Catholic, and then uh, when my parents got divorced, she started going to the Pentecostal church where people speak in the tongues oh, yeah. and flop around. <clears throat> and um, when I was a teenager, my mother made me go to this Pentecostal church. And um, it was the same people every week that would flop around on the ground <clears throat> talking in tongues. And I actually believe it's possible for the Holy Spirit to enter a human being's body and make them speak in tongues and flop around on the ground. But not every week. <laughs> not every week. You're not every week. You've got to pass it around. You've got to share it. That. It's like a bottle of wine. I understand. Can I get a hit of that Holy Spirit, son? Well, that's just like in Baptist churches. It's just always the same people who are... Getting worked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get all worked up. I do like a black Baptist churches, though, when they start chanting. I love that shit. I love that chanting thing. 
My mother, uh, ardent Roman Catholic, loved Jesus. Uh, no doubt about it. Same, probably same situation. My mother's a super Christian. She often wears a cape. <laughs> really? <laughs> Works for me, man. <clears throat> so my mother, uh, her younger brother, Ted, invites her to his new... Uh, what is Chaldean Christian? That's, that's not, no, it's no charismatic Catholic. That's what it was. Yeah. He was going to charismatic Catholic services, which apparently is speaking in tongues and, you know, rolling around and all the rest of it. <laughs> and even he comes up, he goes, Tommy, Tommy, your mother's something else. I said, why? What's the matter? He goes, I took her, I took her to the church service. And people started speaking in tongues and rolling around on the floor. And all of a sudden, because my mother had a really deep voice like this, my mother, right? He says, they're rolling around, they're speaking in tongues. All of a sudden, I hear your mother go, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) You're getting your clothes dirty. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What the hell? Who's going to wonder that? That would be such a toots thing to do. There's no doubt about that. God. My mother. So she had a great time, though, in Jerusalem. Time of her life. And then I did two shows in Jerusalem. And they were the best shows of the tour. They did they did seven o'clock shows for older people, and then uh, a ten o'clock show for younger people. And it was just beautiful theater in Jerusalem. And I destroyed. And to have my mom sitting in the audience, and there's it's on the I have it's on my album, the Jerusalem track. Uh, it was the you know thrill of one of the highlights of my career and the thrill of my mother's life. Aww. Did the like the theater manager say, "Hey, Tom, by the way, no you jokes." No, I, I mean, I, you know, I'll tell you the joke that <clears throat> killed the hardest. I like it. Um, I, I said, I'm from Orlando, Florida, and uh, we have all these amusement parks there. And there's an amusement park in Orlando called the Holy Land Experience. It's a religious <laughs> theme park. And what they've done is they've recreated ancient Jerusalem at a highway exit. <laughs> and I have to say, the place is very authentic because the parking lot is full of Palestinians and they can't get in. <laughs> and uh, 80-year-old uh, Israeli Jewish women standing in applause. <laughs> there you go, man. Nice to be a hit to 80-year-old Jewish women. I did great. It was really, really awesome. Is that, I know I've asked you this before. Just yesterday, I, in a way, I asked you about this, but you, you must sit back and think, man... To, to get this far as I, I entertain people. I make people laugh in every country in the world. How does that feel? I mean, it's got to feel amazing. It's a good feeling. I would. Yeah, imagine. I mean, I, I have young comedians come up to me and go, you know, you've got the career that I, I dream of. I think right, yours is right. the, you know, to be able to travel the world. And, um, you know, it's, I, I, I got, you know, it was all through London. I had, it was after my sitcom finished. I looked at my NBC money as my NBC artist grant, mm-hmm. and I started taking trips to London, and then I got in with London, and I started playing London a lot, and I led to gigs around England, and then I started getting offered gigs around Europe, Australia, Asia, comedy festivals all over the world. So, right. so for me, London was the key to the international circuits. And, um, you know, 20 time. years later, I got this album, and um, I it's... You know, I, I feel very, very accomplished and very happy with the life that I have. Why, I, why wouldn't you? It's magnificent. I'm like, you know, and, I'm, and now I'm just doing, I'm selecting gigs that I want. I'd, I'd really love to go back to Mongolia. They've got a great comedy scene and a great club there, but it's so far. But um, right, I, I'm, right now I'm booking a Europe swing for um, June. And I'm gonna, I, I just booked Amsterdam and Paris. And I think I'm going to travel around France for a couple of weeks. 
and then go do this string of one-nighters across Switzerland that I love. I went to the Charlie Chaplin house a few years ago. And uh, you got to go. It's his house where he lived in Switzerland. It's about an hour and a half on the train from Geneva. And uh, it's set up as a museum. It's set up exactly the way he was when he lived there. Uh, But there's this modern building in the backyard. I actually watched the sunset. Uh, You can see the sunsets under the French Alps across uh, Lake Geneva from his backyard. And there's this building, and you go in and you watch this 12-minute movie on his life. And then the screen opens up, and it's the recreation of the London street where he grew up on. Oh, really? And you get to walk down the street, and then really? you and you walk. It's kind of like Disney, Ikea. Yeah. You go, and in each, they've got scenes from each of his movie. And there's a wax uh, uh, mannequin of him in that movie. And you can go onto the sets. Like uh, the Gold Rush is the cabin. And it's set up the way he filmed right. it, where the, the, the right. building is on rollers, and you can walk to one side of the room, and it tilts up and tilts back. And it's just, it's such an excellently done museum. <clears throat> I, we love, we were just in Basel in oh, I love July. Basel. Uh, the, the art museum there is phenomenal. It Did is you see the art museum? I love that place. I, was, I actually was <clears throat> stuck there two, a week before Christmas two years ago. I thought I was going to be... Uh, Amsterdam was snowed in and it was snowing and I, 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 I was oh, stuck yeah. there for I had a gig in Basel uh, which is on my new album by the way and um, I, I had to stay there for five extra days and God, what a, a great, great place, place to be stuck yeah it's a great <laughs> place to be stuck did you get to Lake Luzerne and all that when you were in the area it's no. not in that weather probably not no. I tell you what we, got, we, we flew into Basel well flew into Amsterdam then into Basel and stayed a couple of nights, which was just magnificent. Had a wonderful time. Went up to Lake Luzerne and did all these things. And then we went down the Rhine all the way down to Amsterdam. Nice. It was nice just... Nice trip. Oh, God. The I'm Rhine not, is fantastic. I took a boat phenomenal. ride once on the Rhine. It's amazing. Fantastic. And the people could not be nicer in every day. I don't care. Germany, France, Switzerland, Amsterdam. Everybody's just really friendly. It was wonderful. So when we were in France, they were taking us around on a tour. And I'm a lot bigger than French people. I just am, right? So the guy's taking us around, and he comes up and he goes, let me ask, I can't do a French accent, so I'm not even going to try. Because may I ask you a question? I said, yeah. He goes, are you special forces? I said, I'm 67. I'm pretty sure I'm not. <laughs> but, I mean, so much broader shouldered and taller. They're not big people, so they're fascinated by big people. <laughs> I mean, they just are. And you go around those cathedrals. Tom, would you explain to me how the hell you get an 8,000-pound rock 300 feet in the air in 1600? Yeah. How did they do that? It's amazing. A lot of ropes. I, I guess a lot. How many people do you think died building those cathedrals? Because they had to die every day, probably. Yeah, and it took hundreds of years to make it. Hundreds of years to make the churches. Notre Dame was amazing. Uh, It was really heartbreaking that they got gutted by the fire. Catherine was just there. What Your mom was just there about about six months before it burned. Yeah, not long. Yeah, she she took that very hard. She absolutely loved it. I did, too. I was there um, in October last year, and... um, I had gone, I had always wanted to go to the top and see the gargoyles. And so there was one day that I had specifically um, designated to do this. And my wife and I went, and there was a short line, get all excited, and we go, and the guy, you had to have online reservations. 
Aww. and we were leaving the next day. So I thought, oh, I'll do that the next time I come. Now you won't be able to do that for another hundred years. Yeah. yeah. Mm. My God, this is over already. That I love. Very uh, I love. People are smart in Paris. I mean, even the children speak French. Thank you very much. <laughs> Great to be here. That can't be easy. I wouldn't think. No, a difficult language. Tom Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, tomorrow night, eight and ten thirty. Mon frère, merci beaucoup. <laughs> It's always great seeing you, Tom. It's always great. My seeing father you. said he named me Tom because he said he never met a Tom he didn't like, and I want to thank you for continuing that but solid he, tradition. But you're saying he never met me? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why flip it negative? Yeah, why, 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 he's incapable of taking a compliment. <laughs> We've known that for years. <laughs> Have a great weekend with the family. Shalom, amigos.